Radio, welcome back everyone to our sixth episode of the EJ Spark Conversations podcast. And boy, do I have a ripper episode for you all today. This is an episode or this is a chat that I have been waiting for for quite some time now. Uh, last year, I messaged Dylan um, and at that point, I had no intention of starting my own podcast and I just messaged him asking him if we could catch up and try and organize him to sort of come to Bendigo where I am currently living and, um, and do a talk to um, the people living on res because I feel like um, there wasn't enough talked about men's mental health, that sort of thing, while I was living on res and it's something that I want to try and implement this year being a student leader. And anyway, so we caught up. Um, the other week in Melbourne and we we're just having a conversation in um, in the cafe and I was like, oh, do you want to jump on the podcast? And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And he, um, we went around to his place and he, he, we set up and had an epic conversation and one that I reckon has a lot of value in it. Like it's got some, a lot of practical tips for things that you can apply right now to improve your own mental health. And that's what I want to try and get um, across to everyone is those practical tips um, because I feel like it's well and good to have a conversation and just hear someone's story but it's also really good to have those practical tips that you you yourself the listener can apply straight away so if you do enjoy this one if you do take some value from this episode please take a screenshot put it up on your Instagram stories and tag myself at ejspark underscore conversations and also tag um, Dylan, and I'm pretty sure his Instagram handle is at theonlyruse1. But I'll chuck his Instagram handle in the um, in the show notes below. But sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. Go for a drive, go for a walk, wherever it may be. And please, please, um, yeah, have a listen because it's it's got a lot of value in it. So cheers. Thanks for jumping on, Dylan. Hey, thanks for it. having me. Um, so, to start off with, where I like to get started, just to sort of get to know you a little bit, um, what is probably the weirdest habit that you have that not many people do or know Jeez. about you? The weirdest habit that yeah. I've got. Um, oh, jeez. Put you on the spot here. Sorry. Put me on the spot. <laughs> let me let me think. Let me think. Um. Mate, I'd like to say that I'm perfect, but I, I, my girlfriend would definitely disagree. Um, I guess not. Not really weird, more disgusting. I've never had a, never had a real. Um, I've never really been shy about farting in front of my girlfriend. So <laughs> I fart a lot in front of her, unfortunately. Yeah. And she's, uh, she, yeah, she's not, yeah, she's not a fan of that <laughs> at all. So that's probably the weirdest one I've got. Nah, yeah, love it, love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone that's, does it, so exactly. You know. yeah. It's the only one that can come to mind. So yeah, love it. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so let's take a step back to when you were, say, in high school, 17, 18. What sort of sparked you then? What um, was driving you? Did you know what you wanted to do? Or were you a bit lost? No, I think I was. I, I had a I had a rough idea. Like I was, I was really good at sports, so I loved my basketball and I loved my footy. But I had a rough idea that I wanted to follow down the sports path. But yeah. I mean, with that age, you so quickly change what's happening, and if yeah. you don't get it, if you don't make it quite at the high sporting level, then you have to really quickly figure out what you want to do. So. Yeah. 17, 18, I was playing a lot of footy. I was playing state footy, um, Swans Reserves, and in the Swans Academy. Wow. 
Um, yeah. And then I was playing basketball for my high school and, and a little bit of rep basketball as well. So those, those are my two main sports that I just absolutely loved. And uh, um, it was funny at the time, I was applying for colleges in America because my mum's American. So I was yep. doing all my applications in America and that was like my one dream as a young kid was to go to college, college in America. America. Yeah, <clears throat> awesome. Um, so I ended up having, I had a girlfriend through that period, 16 to 18. Um, and I think I think I recall wanting to stick around. One, one because I had the girlfriend in Australia and two, I wanted to pursue AFL. Oh, yeah. So I decided not to go to college and, and stick around and I played one more season of footy and then that was it. So I actually had uh, patella tendonitis in both my knees um, and had to sit out for about nine months. Um, under eighteen, at the end, I finished my under eighteen season, and then You're my first, my seniors. first like seniors season, yeah. I, I stayed. I had a nine month recovery, so I got back, and when I got back, I just, I just didn't love it anymore, and, and yeah. I was at that age, I was nineteen, and and kind of other things started to become more of a priority. Definitely. So you know, I was gone. I didn't drink at all really in high school but I started drinking a little bit more yeah. and so I was hanging out and um, me and my girlfriend broke up so I started to just really like go out with my mates and, and hang out with other girls and so um, footy just didn't become be, became less of a priority for me yeah, yeah. with my injuries I was kind of just like my body was rooted so yeah. I, I ended up finishing up that year so that was 2013 was my last season and then I was starting to be a uh, sports manager i wanted to be a sports agent yeah cool. so i was studying up in sydney and doing that and i say that i was pretty clear i always i was never super lost at that age because if, if i wasn't on footy then i very quickly was like well i'll be a sports you agent and then, backup. and then when i hated studying at uni you know then i then that's when i started to kind of get lost was around that um how old was i around 21 yeah years old that age that age where i was like okay i don't want to do these things now what do i want to do Dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah and how did you get yourself out of being lost because it can be hard like we as some people like we're, we're so driven and so sort of knowing what we're wanting to do as you sort of said and when you're like oh i actually don't want to do these things how did you mm. come out of that and were you down in the dumps for a while there did you have things that were <coughs> contributing to that as well yeah um so for me it was mainly just never like being stagnant so always doing something so yeah i was playing footy then i was studying and then when i finished studying um i moved down to melbourne so it, I, I was i was definitely in a really bad place but it had less to do with I didn't know where I wanted to go, and I went. I went through a pretty rough uh, breakup up in mm-hmm. Sydney, um, and that that's when my mental health really declined. And yeah. um, so after after me and my girlfriend at the time we broke up, it was kind of nine months or maybe even less, maybe eight months or so of just really negative behavior. I was drinking three times yeah. a week. I stopped exercising. I started eating McDonald's and or Porto every yeah. other meal, and just stopped meditating and yeah and fell away from all of my practices, practices that I've yeah. had that I don't even see as practices because they were just habits and they I was just, just growing yeah, up and into yeah they were yeah. just in my routine so I just started falling away from all these things that were actually keeping me grounded and were actually keeping me really healthy yeah. both physically and mentally and so I ended up spending, yeah, I was living with, it was it was the best and worst of times because I was living with my best mate in an apartment, 
just yeah. up from the Coogee Pavilion. So we were we were having the best time ever. Yeah. I was studying at uni, but I just stopped going to uni. I would sleep all day. Um, I just I was super lethargic. Would never exercise. Eat really bad foods. Yeah. As I said, stop meditating. Um, over the course of you know six, seven, eight months, and my mental health just completely dived. Um, and it was then that I kind of, I remember I spent one, I think I spent like a week in bed or something. Like I just didn't get out of bed and I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't really a hangover anymore because that's what I was attributing it to. I was just like, yeah. well, I'm drinking a lot. I'm just hungover. Rah, rah. That's, that's what it is. And so I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't great. I need to go speak to someone. So I went and just to like a, I looked up local psychologists and just went yeah. down to my local one and he, that's when he um, diagnosed me with depression and anxiety. Yeah. And that's kind of was the beginning of my journey into where I am now. I kind of started, you know, four years ago, almost five years ago, where I was like, okay, shit, how did I get here? Um, But also, like, there was a massive amount of um, shame compounded on top of it because, you know, I've come from a very fortunate family where everything's, Everything I could have asked for was there. I was there, and I, with great education, my parents still together. At that time, I had no deaths um, in the family. Both my grandparents were around on both sides, um, so there's an overwhelming amount of shame of like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, um, I am not allowed to feel like this, or I shouldn't be feeling like this, and and it was really tough for me that second part because. One you're, de- one, you're depressed already, and then two, you're making yourself feel worse for feeling things that you yeah. that are normal. Mm-hmm. And um, and as I've as I've now learnt with all the work that I'm doing now is is that feelings are just as real, and 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 mental pain is just as real as it's physical good. pain. Yeah, so exactly. it's something that men. We love to push aside and we say it's soft and we say it's weak and man up and harden up. And the language associated for young boys in this space is super negative and it's, and it's obviously it's getting better now, but it's still Not really bad. detrimental to young boys because we get to this stage, you, you know, suicides three out of four men and, and suicide rates are climbing for men and the, the number one... Um, the number one way that you or I could die, the number one way that 18 to 36 year old men can die is by their yes. own hand, is yeah. by suicide. And that's a shocking statistic. Like that's that scares the hell out of me. That should scare yeah. every guy that's in that age bracket because we've not been given the tools necessary yeah. to cope. It's not even, we haven't even been, we haven't even gotten to the stage where we haven't been given the tools. We haven't been given the p- permission to feel this way. This yeah. way. So we can't even get to the stage of, well, where are my tools? Because it's like, well, no, I can't even be seen to need the tools because I'm a man. So I'm yeah. not going to need the tools. And then life happens and stresses build up and stresses build up and something happens and another thing happens. And mm-hmm. this whole time we're fine, we're okay. And that's what we're telling everyone, but but we're not. Nice. And, and, we're, and we're going through one, one thing after the other. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of men now are uh, choosing to take their own lives. Yeah. Women, women too. A lot of people are choosing to take their own lives, but an overwhelming number of men yeah. are choosing to take their lives. And and so yeah. So for me, when I was I was struggling a lot, uh, you know, you think of um, there's what's called the Max Hamilton scale or the Hamilton scale, named after Max Hamilton. Yeah. And it's from zero to fifty-one. Zero being you're skipping along the street merrily, and fifty-one being you you jump in front of a bus. Yeah. And um. 
and so when you think of it on a scale or whatever, I was I was never anywhere near fifty one. Mm. I was never near jumping in front of a bus. You know, my worst days were I was in bed and I wouldn't get out of bed. And I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I yeah. ate, just I I'd just be watching Netflix or whatever. Yeah. So. So uh, the first step for me was I, I had no issue seeking help. So I, I, as I said, I saw a psychologist. But what happened was I ended up failing all five of my subjects at uni because I just wasn't going. Yeah. So mum and dad were like, "Nap, you're coming down to Melbourne now," because they were mum, dad, and my brother Tyler were all living in Melbourne, and I was in Sydney by myself. So they pulled me down to Melbourne, um, and that was yeah midway through 2015 now, um, and. I just started getting on top of my mental health. So I, I started seeing a psychologist. Um, I started eating better because I was yeah. back at home. So mum was cooking a lot more meals. I got a gym membership. Yeah. Dad got me a, an internship. So I, w- I was busy doing things. a lot of things, but... That were actually positive. They were positive, exactly. Your so, mental health, not negative. Yeah, so if you look, I, I like when I work with people and when I talk with people, a very... The first question I always ask is kind of like, what are you doing on a daily basis or what does your week look like? Yeah. Because, so for me, I, I, I never experienced any sort of depre- depression growing up. I experienced a lot of anxiety around sports, but I just didn't view it as anxiety and because yeah. it was just normal for me, like you get nervous before a yeah. game. Um, but I, I was in a very sound place mentally my whole life and then you you take away certain aspects of my identity, so sport, um, and then you you put in a negative aspect of my identity, which was how many women can I sleep with? And that yeah. became a big part of who I was. And you put it, so you take away a really positive um, aspect of my life, which was sport, and then you add in some negative ones. Okay, I, you know, I sustained for two, three years and I was doing okay. And then you add a really traumatic event, to me anyway, it was traumatic, which was the yeah. breakup. And then you compound all your negative behaviors and you get rid of all your positive ones. I always say like, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get depressed. Yeah. If, yeah. if that's what you're doing on a weekly basis is drinking a lot, eating shitty foods, not exercising, not meditating, um, you're going to eventually become depressed. Like there's no exactly. kind of way around it. So whenever I speak to people now, it's kind of like, well, what are your daily habits? What are you doing? How can you tweak one or two things? Yeah. Um, how can you tweak one or two things to actually... Uh, improve your mental health slightly? How do you move up? How do you move down on the Hamilton scale? How do you get closer to zero? Because, um, you know, they did a bunch of research and even sleep, like are you sleeping well? So Mm. sleep can move you six points in the right direction on the Hamilton scale. Yeah, exactly. So that's massive. So if you can get six, like just by, let's say you're getting four or five hours, just by getting to that seven hours, which we know that's that's what you need to be getting seven hours minimum. That's going to improve your mental health by six points. And when you start talking about sleep, then you start talking about what actually affects sleep and then you sort of start thinking, okay, Mm. alcohol Mm. and staying up late, partying, that sort of thing affects our sleep. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's a bit of a snowball effect there. Oh, yeah. And Um, it's it's so easy to get get down the rabbit hole of doing negative things because of short-term pleasure and and then you're you're sacrificing your long-term, even short-term health. Um, Yeah. So... Um, when you saw your psychologist, um, for the first time and, and he sort of said that you had depression and anxiety, how did that affect you? Had, did that hit you hard knowing that you had that or was that just like a, okay, I've got this, I've got to work on it. Cause I know that for some people 
labeling things mm. or being diagnosed with something is is quite heartbreaking it's yeah, yeah. Like, like oh shit wow yeah yeah, okay. yeah this is not me normally i think for me there was a sense of relief because it was like okay now i know that there's something there yeah it was more when i had to go down and tell my parents that the that it was super confronting and super hard for me that yeah. aspect but you know, if you if you don't know there's a problem, it's hard to fix the problem. Yeah. So for me, yeah, there was definitely like a, a sense of relief because now I was like, okay, there's something here that I now can address. Yeah. And I can work on because there's something not there's something not right going yeah. on here. So, um, yeah, it was as I said, it was more the shame around having to talk to my parents and mm. tell my. I had a great I had a great great group of mates up in up in Sydney. Yeah. But we would. We would just for someone, for someone where I, for someone like me, which is where I was in my mental, um, for my mental state after the breakup, they were as all 20, 21 year olds, we were drinking a lot. Yeah. But that's not what I needed at the time. No. So getting out of Sydney was actually the best, best thing, thing for me because it removed me from all my friends and I was back with family. I had my cousin who's a couple years older than me that we became best mates. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd, we'd go for a kick of the footy. We'd do different things and yeah. then go on for a drink at the pub every night. So, yeah, it, it definitely like the hard part was going, okay, I need to start telling people, okay, I need to tell my close friends and this is what's going on and mm. um, and then and then my family. And, and at the time, mum and dad have come so far from where they were but because even even four years ago you know what there wasn't a lot known about it and um exactly yeah you know still today we're still learning i mean we were talking before the podcast um about the book lost connections yeah like there's there's still that idea that depression is caused by low serotonin levels and, mm-hmm. and we're starting to know now that there's no direct correlation between low serotonin levels and depression, depression yeah and what the book talks about is talks talks about the um the seven biggest contributing factors to depression and anxiety um and he talks about uh um here we go nine causes sorry he talks about disconnection from meaningful work disconnection from other people disconnection from meaningful values dis- disconnection from childhood trauma yeah disconnection from status and respect disconnection disconnection from the natural world um, disconnection from a hopeful or secure future um, and then causes eight and nine the real roles of genes in the brain changes so there is that aspect there but what are the real real reasons so back when mum and dad first found out um, I'm sure they'd, they'd say the same thing that they didn't handle it super well yeah not by any lack of love or support for me but just because, because of a lack of understanding how to, yeah. of how to how to support someone with mental illness and so very um i suppose even yeah like back then um a couple years ago it was very much like uh oh you'll be right Mm. um you know do this we'll get over it yeah yeah there's a lot more to that yeah yeah um than just sort of yeah you'll get over it yeah exactly and i remember having having to tell mom and dad that i failed um my five subjects in uni and that sucked. That was yeah. that was that was probably one of the worst days because I had to tell them that, and then you, you grow up in a very um, like you grow up in a very competitive household, but more so you grow up in a very like 
responsibility yeah. ownership household. So like if something's happening to you, you take responsibility for, for it. it. You don't yeah. outsource it. So it was kind of like, hey, I failed five subjects. This isn't an excuse as to why, but this is what I'm going through at the moment and is a contributing factor as to why I failed my five subjects. Yeah. I have depression and anxiety. Yeah. And at the time as well, you know, I couldn't communicate it properly and I can't remember exactly how I communicated it, but I just, I, I still remember how they how they handled it and it was it was super confronting for me because it was like I kind of believed what they were saying mm. but in the same breath I was like no this is real but I didn't understand it either so yeah. it was it was very difficult for me um um going through that that period but now as I said like and as you said at the start like dad and I work together um in in the in the in the space now in the health and yeah. wellness and leadership space where we hold events for corporates and and we challenge them to look after their physical health we challenge them to look after their mental yeah. health you know to stop going out every weekend and drinking but mm. to actually you know stay home with your kids or stay home with your wife or stay home and exercise and early have that Saturday morning connection yeah exactly and create create those connections that that we all so desperately need yeah um and um oh sorry there but like what are some tools and i know you, you mentioned seeing a psychologist like how important is that do you still see a psychologist regularly even though you're on top of your mental health and what is like other tools mm. um that you sort of use yeah so psychologist is massive and i i i've booked in again for next week i no matter where you are in the in in your mental um health journey or, or or your mental well-being no matter where you're yeah. going a psychologist is only going to improve it yeah so like when i'm really down it's for it's more for like um what's the right term it's 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 uh get you back on track more for or, maintenance and yeah, yeah get me back on track whereas when i'm i'm going all right right now it's kind of like i just want to stay on top of it and yeah and keep it going and just it's that checking point yeah. and someone that I can talk to and like I've got a great psychologist here in Melbourne who I, who I love going to go see and he's amazing and, it, and yeah. it's 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 like you, it's like when you go to the doctor for like a cold and flu or something you probably don't need to go to the doctor but maybe I'll just go in for a checkup and I'll yeah. just make sure that I'm ticking along nicely or go in for a physical or, yeah. or, or whatever it like, is yeah um, exercising regularly yeah. like if you don't um, exercise for a week you can completely mm. notice that mm. you know you're out of exactly out of right yeah within that short um time span so exactly yeah do you see mental health um or mental well-being as important as physical well-being um in that sort of sense oh absolutely i mean we we look after our cars better than we look after ourselves <laughs> yeah now. yeah it's crazy yeah, very like, true like people will the last thing that they'll put money into is their own health, health. whether it's physical or mental yeah um but they they play a role in both in terms of if you're looking after your physical health, that's going to impact your mental health. Mm. Um, but there's so many more things that we need to be doing. And like like the more research I do and the more research I, I read and, um, you know, there's so many things now that we're doing so poorly that mm. that the majority of people are probably walking around in a mental space that's not healthy or yeah. they're, they're not where they could be. And my thing, my, my whole thing, my whole thing is being, well, how can I be the best version of myself? Yeah. So if I'm at 70%, I'm content with that, but I'm like, well, how do I get to 80%? How do I get to nine? How do I, how do I have the best day ever? Yeah. And how do I continue to have the have best that. day ever? And yeah. so, you know, we, we now know that the more, 
the people who spend the more time on Facebook have higher rates of depression. Yeah, um, exactly. we, we know that the so 40 or 50 years ago, the average American um, had four close friends, and yep. now the average American has zero close friends. friends. Yeah, so it's because as, as a society, we're becoming completely disconnected, yeah, and the loneliness epidemic we're now facing mm-hmm. is massive. So it's not necessarily a depression epidemic, but it's a loneliness, loneliness epidemic yeah. because everyone's walking around more connected than ever on their phones, on their phones or surface yeah. um, Connection. connections. Yeah. But we deeply physiologically, behaviorally, mentally, socially, spiritually emo- like emotionally yeah. whatever we are hardwired for deep and meaningful connections yeah exactly and you know you, you track it through thousands of years ago we were tribes you know we were close-knit mm. communities we looked after tribes, each other. looked after each other and we we wandered the deserts so we, yeah. you know whatever it was and we've just slowly over time become less and less community focused yeah um you know and you look at it's it's different across different um cultures cultures like you look at like uh like the greeks are really good at still having super strong family connections um you know the you know a lot of asian cultures are really good like the the grandparents live in the home with them and they you know whereas east uh western you know european cultures are like okay how old are you 70 i'm gonna put you in a home and it's like we've we've disconnected from like the well we need to look after our parents we need to look after our grandparents or whatever and and then we need to look after our kids yeah exactly yeah so it's um yeah there's so many things that you that we can you talked about tools to bring it all the way back to your question (laughs) um is 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 write down a list. Lance Petroni, who works with the Love Me Love You Foundation, yep. has got a great um, tool that he uses when he goes and speaks. He talks about write down your five people. So you, so you write down your phone and your notes so that you've always got it there. And it's it's your five people that you know you can call no matter mm-hmm. what. So when you do hit those down moments, you go on your phone, you call one, don't pick up, call two, don't pick up, call three, don't pick up, four. You've got five people that you can yep. call to just have a chat to. Or yep. just, just connect with and you know that they'll answer or you know that they'll, hey, mate, can I call you back up at this meeting or yeah. whatever it is. But have your five people. Um, exercise is so important. As every, like, no one's going to sit here and tell me that they don't need exercise every day. No. Everyone, everyone now knows exercise is important, but not everyone's doing it. Yeah. So just make it a make it a priority to look after your health. Go, what, go whatever it is. If you've got kids, go, I want to do it for my kids. If you've got a yeah. partner, I want to do it for my partner. If you if you are struggling, do it, do it for yourself. Self, like. Yeah. Find out what makes you want to do it and do it. Yeah. And you don't have to go and join a gym. No. Go walk for 30 minutes. Exactly. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. Super simple. Make it as easy as possible for you. Mm. Um, exercise. Your five friends. I say meditate. Meditation yeah. is the best form. But some sort of me- mindfulness practice where you switch completely off. And you're and you focusing sit completely on that present moment. In, yeah. Just with yeah. yourself. Your own thoughts. Journaling's amazing. Like the, yeah. the research around journaling. Yeah. Um, and how therapeutic that is, um, is huge. Um, and then, I mean, eat healthily. Like, you think of your body as a factory. What it, what goes in is going to be what you output. Out. So, yeah. so try to put as as many greens on your plate or as many vegetables. And yeah, you know, you don't, you don't have to go vegan or anything. But yeah, that whole food kind of whole yeah, exactly not processed. Yeah, stuff. yeah, stop yeah. 
you know, instead of a McDonald's burger, go to the grocery store, buy some beef patties nice. and cook it at home yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it's cheaper that way as mm. well. Mm. Looks out cheaper. So, yeah, there are there are many tools that I use. And, and, and when I have my dips, I go, well, what have I been doing? Okay, have I meditated today? No. Have I exercised on oh, exercise a week ago? Yeah. How has my diet been? Well, not great. Right. It's like, no wonder I feel like shit. Yeah. Because I'm falling away from the habits that keep me above water or keep me in a really good mental state. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. And you've spoken about meditation. How has that come into your life? Have you always done it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and speak a little bit about that because I, I haven't really gotten anyone on the podcast that's spoken in depth about yeah, it. Yeah. It's something that I've found really helpful. Mm. And I want to get out there to more yeah. people. So mum's been meditating for 20 plus years now. So it's always been some aspect of my life. Like when I was playing yeah. footy really young, um, I used to meditate before every game. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, people think like, and Genoa, my business partner in Momentum talks about it a lot. And so does mum. They both talk about how meditation has a branding problem because people look at meditation yeah. still and they think it's all woohoo. Yeah hippie Eastern, stuff yeah Ghana. whereas our families looked at it more from a performance thing you know mum met mum taught all the city swans players to meditate they yeah. won a premiership in 2005 yeah um yeah mum taught all the demons players how to meditate and they went from last place to almost making finals wow so it's not the only factor that goes into these successes but um as you were saying and, and we were saying when we got coffee before was Tim Ferriss, who studies the most successful people in the world across yeah. all industries, found that 90% of his guests that he interviewed meditate. Yeah. So you're telling me that 90% of people who are super successful in whatever field they're in meditate. Yeah. It ain't like woo-woo. It's it's not no. hippie stuff anymore. It's, it's okay, there's something there. There's a performance aspect to it. Yeah. There's a... There's a um, mental health aspect to it in mm -hmm. terms of it allows you to boost your mental well-being so yeah i'll be meditating on and off for 20 no not 20 minutes that's probably too long probably 15 years now yeah. um and i mean i remember distinctively like, i told this story just last week where i was up playing state footy in my under 12 mm -hmm. um played a horrible horrible game and mum mum will remember this too because we, when I was younger, I used to go back and forth. Oh, I'm not going to meditate. I'd have a shitty game. I'd go meditate the next week. Yeah. And I'd be best on. Like, kid you not. Like, that yeah. was the contrast. And so, this really horrible game up in Darwin, under 12 state footy. And I've, mum's like, mum, it was me and mum up there. And she's gone, you need to meditate. You need to meditate. You're meditating before this next game. So, we met, sat down, meditated. And when I'd, when I'd do that before games, it was a meditation. It was a visualization meditation. Yeah. So, I visualized yeah. myself playing really well. Visualize myself you know, getting the ball, kicking goals, taking marks, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And mum would do a guided visualization meditation for me. That game, I came out and smashed it. Wow. So that was, I was 11 at the time or 12. And I remember that was the time that I finally bought into it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this, this stuff, is... this is serious stuff that mm. really works. Um, so I, the best practice, you know, is try to get it in every day. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm working towards. Um, Lately, I've been meditating twice a day. Yeah. Um, twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's twenty minutes of meditation is equivalent to three hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, rest for your brain. So, it's incredible. Isn't yeah, it? it's incredible. Like now that the research is all catching up to it. Yeah. Like if you if if anyone was to sit there and tell me meditation was bullshit, I'd, I'd kind yeah, of discredit. <laughs> I'd kind of discredit. 
everything he says after that or she says after that because there's so much research now yeah. into meditation being so beneficial. Exactly. And, and how can someone that's never meditated before or has that perception that it is or woohoo kind of not yeah. for me, how can they get started? Like, because it can be over, overwhelming. Mm. Like, I know the first time I tried, yeah. um, it was a guided one, but I didn't get much out of it. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. But I stuck at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's there's two parts to that. One, the mindfulness apps, and they are mindfulness apps. They're not meditation apps. Yeah, they're they're, they're a good way to start. They're a good way to dip your toe in the water and start. Yeah. it's not meditation though. It's mindfulness. Yeah, so there is a difference. And two, as you said, people start it. They think that they have to have zero thoughts the whole time they go through yeah. it, and then they don't. And so they go, it's too hard. Yeah. It's like nothing could be easier than just sitting still for 20 minutes. You yeah. don't have to just sit still for 20 minutes. You've meditated. Yeah. Try try to try to let any thought that comes in just leave. It's not about having zero thoughts. It's about having zero attachment to thoughts. thoughts. So if I'm sitting there and I start and I get into my meditation, I start focusing on my breath and that's a big thing is focusing on your breath and I'm meditating and, and I'm sitting there and... I start thinking about, oh, what am I going to do later on? Okay, I'm going to, oh, I've got this to do and I've got that to do and I need to, and then I'm going to make lunch and, and then, oh, shit, I'm thinking. Once you have that, oh, shit, I'm thinking mm-hmm. moment, <clears throat> let go of everything. Yeah. And then come Get back, back to, breath to breath yeah and start breathing and then meditating, meditating, a thought comes in, um, saw a cute girl today on the train and let it go. Like it's, it's, it's active. Janoa calls it active thinking. Whenever we start active thinking, which is I realize that I'm thinking about thinking or that I, I realize that I'm yep. thinking, that's when you let go. So yep. It's okay to have thoughts because what your body's doing, it's decompressing everything that's happened, you know, over the course of the day or, mm-hmm. or it's, it's releasing stress from your body. Mm. So you're actually, um, <clears throat> these thoughts are normal. Like no one's going to sit there and have zero thoughts for a 20 minute meditation, come out yeah. and levitate over the ground or whatever, you <laughs> yeah. know? So, yeah. so exactly. they're, they're the common myths is, is start with like a mindfulness app, but get it. If you're serious about it, go get a teacher. Yeah. Go get a teacher and pay the money to learn how to properly meditate yeah. because <clears throat> It's massive. Mum, I know mum, she's got some online guided meditations that you can download for free at her website, um, TammyRoos.com. Yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> if you're if you're Sydney-based, Genoa teaches meditation, yeah. three-day courses. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of good teachers out there. Just find out which one you resonate with. Start on Insta- like some Instagram, start following meditation teachers and, yeah. and see how that goes for you. Exactly. So, yeah. And you don't have to start with 20 minutes. It can be like five minutes to start Just with. start, yeah. And Just start. Yeah, because it can seem quite overwhelming. Yeah. Like 20 minutes sitting still, you yeah. know, so for people to realize that it doesn't have to be an extended period or even like a lot of people say, oh, you've got to meditate for an hour. Yeah. No, yeah. you don't have to it's do It's funny. It. There was this uh, study done, and I'm going to get it wrong, but you'll get the point yeah. of, of, of the study, was that a group of people sit in a room with like a like a shocker on the table, so something yeah. that would shock you if you touched it. Yeah. And they said you have to sit here for ten minutes. You can't do anything. This thing will shock you if you touch it. Yeah. And they went away, and it was something like eighty percent. It was ten minutes. Yeah. Eighty percent of men touched it more than once, and a similar number, but it was a little bit less of women touched it more than once. Right. Yeah. And it basically highlighted that like. We are so uncomfortable to sit in boredom now. 
mm-hmm. that we would rather get shocked not once because I, I remember when I read I was like oh yeah I'd probably do it once but twice yeah. so twice they would go up shock at her and they five, five minutes later go back and shock themselves again because that was less uncomfortable to them than actually sitting in boredom or sitting still with their own thoughts yeah and that's a massive issue if you can't sit still with your own thoughts like exactly. that's like think about thoughts if your phone normal. ran 24-7 non-stop over and over and over again and you never recharged it Eventually, mm. like you, we phone will run out of battery. But think of your brain that way; it's just constantly going twenty four seven with no rest period or no period to for introspection mm-hmm. to look inwards. You, you're gonna have a mental breakdown. You're gonna have a midlife crisis. You're gonna yeah. have all these things that we've given terms to, but we don't realize that the fix is super easy. Sit with yourself for twenty minutes a day, every single day, yeah. and I guarantee you. If you can keep a consistent practice, you're not going to have a mental breakdown. You're not going to have a midlife crisis. You're not going to have, you know, all these negative experiences. It's going to improve your life massively. And I love that analogy that like it's it's a form of recharging yourself. Mm. It's a form of coming back to your full energy. Yeah. Like as you said before, like twenty minutes or so on is like equivalent to three hours of sleep. Yeah, it's incredible, mm-hmm. but no one realizes it. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I and I love and I really do commend you for the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and super keen to as I as we were talking about before, try and get you involved with some of the, the stuff at um. Yeah, I'm looking forward um, to it. Thank you for having me on the uh, on the EJ Spark conversation. The podcast. conversation podcast. Yeah. I like it, mate. It's good. Yeah. Um, I'll finish stuff. off with. A couple more questions, yep. just some random ones. Yep. Um, if you were to meet anyone in the world, whether they be famous, ordinary, dead or alive, who would it be? To be like the, the one idol, the person. Well, I'd always... say Michael Jordan. Yeah. But now that Kobe Bryant just died, yeah. he's probably up there because yep. that was that was devastating and that was, was tough, and it'd be pretty cool to have a conversation with him now that. Yeah, he's gone. Um, what question would you ask him? Do you reckon? What question would I ask Kobe Bryant? Jeez, I think it would be the fact that he's such a family man, mm-hmm. but he talks a lot about making sacrifices. So he said he wanted to be the best basketball in the world. Yeah, and what he's and he talk and I've heard him speak about. It, he goes, "Well, I, no, I can't go for dinner tonight with you. No, I can't go to beer with you. No, I can't." grab a coffee with you. No, like he said no to all of his social circle because he said if it didn't align with being the greatest basketball player in the world, no. he didn't want he didn't to want to it. know anything yeah. about it. So my question would be around how did he manage to build a family probably um, yeah. whilst he was chasing that pursuit and how did he maintain friendships? So it'd be more around that, I reckon. Mm. The balance, the, 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 the balance of which he didn't, I, which off the top of my head, he didn't have a balance, but he still managed to have, have an a awesome family. family. And, and yeah, so yeah. that'd be my question. Yeah, amazing. And if you were to give any advice to your 18-year-old self, what would you give? Slow down. Life okay. is going to happen regardless of what you're doing. So slow down, smell the roses and, <laughs> and enjoy where you are. I was always in a rush to... Do things. And do get, the next thing. Yeah. And I was in high school. I can't wait to get out of high school and go to uni. In uni, I can't wait to go get a job. Just sit there. Enjoy yeah. where you are. You know, high school's... Like, I look back on high school and I'm oh, like, that was the best times ever. You're not wrong. <laughs> you spend eight <laughs> hours of your day with your best mates every single day. It's like, yeah. 
you're never going to get yeah. that again. So, and everyone tells you that, but you don't realize. You don't realize it. I don't know what. Live. I don't know how. You, I don't know how I'm going to tell my kids. Like I'm going to have to like slap them or something. Like, no, listen to me. Shake him. Like, listen yeah. to me. Like almost like Adam Sandler and yeah, yeah, and Billy Madison. Listen. Stay here. Stay here as long as you can. <laughs> so that probably be my advice is just slow down and and enjoy where you are. Awesome. That was the advice my dad gave me. But did I listen to that? No. And um, last question, what sparks you now? Like, what gets you out of bed in the morning now? Men's health, all things men's health, masculinity, positive masculinity, what that looks like, positive male role models. I love it when I see men in their feelings, powerful men in their feelings, because I think there's there's still a, a stigma that you're either on one end of the spectrum, so you're either this old school, tight Aussie tight ass Aussie bloke mm-hmm. who doesn't feel anything or you're either this weak male who cries at the drop of a hat in yeah. a movie at, at you know hard strung commercials yeah but I love the middle grounds where you have a really powerful masculine male mm. who's in touch with his, his emotions, emotions. Yeah. and I'm starting to surround myself with some amazing guys now that are just just super, uh, yeah, amazing, and they're in yeah. that element where they, where you never look at them mm. and say like you're weak or you're feminine or yeah. any of these things because they still embody masculinity whilst being in touch with mm. their emotions, being in touch with what's going on in the world, you know, caring, empathy. Yeah. Um, all, all these really positive traits. And to me, that's what positive masculinity is. It's the embodiment of both sides of the coin. It's the embodiment of I can hold space for you and I can be that rock. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of when I'm struggling, I can ask for help. And, and yeah. that's the true embodiment of, of masculinity to me. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. One more question popped into my head. Go for it. You mentioned about like actually holding space yeah. for someone. So if someone came up and, and opened up to you, um, what should we do? Like, yep. should we try and solve their problems or just sit there and listen? Yeah. So I think a massive thing in that is we as men are very logical. Yep. So we sit there, we have a problem and it's all the time and you see it happen play out in relationships because women are more in, they're more, they more come from an emotional place whereas men come from a logical place. So yep. women will have an issue and they majority of the time they just want to talk about it and then that'll make them feel better. better yeah whereas they talk about it and men go we'll do this and that makes them more upset because it's like yeah. no I just just listen to me so yeah if you're if your mate male or female comes to you and you're sitting here as a male or female wondering what to do it is about holding space yeah hey mate I'm struggling oh okay what's tell tell me more mm. um mum and dad are fighting a lot at home and it's just really having an effect on me oh, okay like that must be fuck man, that, I can understand I can understand how tough that might be. Tell me more. What's going on? Yeah. Just continually ask questions back that said that reiterates that hey, one, I care for you, and two, shit, I understand that must be really hard or that must be mm. really tough. You know, don't belittle the other person's experience because it's super real for them. Yeah. And so by you saying, oh mate, it she'll be right or, mm. you know, just get through it or, you know, things could be worse or yeah. th- like the worst possible things you can say to someone, especially who's, who's struggling with any aspect of their life or yeah. going through any sort of turmoil. It's it's be there for them, 
so, so that they know that you're there for them and also just listen to what they have to say. say yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. What an incredible, incredible story and some epic tips there that I reckon you can apply straight away um, to sort of get on top of your own mental health. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to working with Dylan uh, this year and, and moving forward and sort of trying to set up some good events for, um, I suppose, the, the things that I'm involved in, like living on res. Um, at La Trobe Union Bendier and that sort of thing. So, yeah, and I'm excited to actually attend some of the Momentum events as well. I've, I've got a ticket for their event on the 20th of February. And if you are around on the 20th of February in Melbourne, make sure you grab one of their tickets as well um, to the Momentum um, event. It's going to be an awesome event. Not only is it for men, it's also for the women because it's not just a... a, a a problem that men are facing it's a problem that we all have to sort of tackle together so please please support them because they are doing fantastic stuff in that sort of space um, but yeah anyway i hope you enjoyed and as always get out there and spark that conversation because this conversation is progress so thank you for listening and peace out everyone